Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 671. And today I am excited because I have a special guest on. She's actually become a really good friend of mine now. I'm in a mastermind with her, and she is going to share how she has built a seven-figure business, an empire, really, and how she did it from a side hustle. And this is a very, very competitive niche. It's actually in the travel space, which is crazy. She does not care that uh, we are sharing the niche because, well, she's dominating that niche. She is the number one woman blogger for fashion and travel. It's crazy. And her name is Alex, really good friend of mine now. She is so knowledgeable. I actually had a chance to spend... Actually, it's been four times now, four different occasions where we're able to sit down and brainstorm together, and I've actually watched her help other people in the room with their traffic, and she's really, really good at getting traffic. She gets over a million unique visits to her blog every single month, and the power of that now, the power is that she's able to launch products on Amazon without even running any pay-per-click or any sponsored ads of any kind. It's just pretty crazy. Uh, She actually did, and she's going to share the details, she actually did a Facebook Live for pre-sales of a product that she ended up launching, and she collected $17,000 in pre-sales before the thing was even sourced. Crazy, right? So you can go out there and do exactly what she's done. Now, here's one little thing I want to throw out there. It does require work. This is not something that she did overnight. She's going to talk about how she stumbled into this market and then how it turned into this empire, really. But you're going to hear that, you know, it really does come down to showing up and putting in the work and hustling a little bit. And I don't mean we have to hustle like 20 hours a day, but you do have to show up and commit. And uh, this is This is proof that if you do show up and you put content out there, you're going to start to get traffic. And now she did not launch this product until, gosh, about six years, maybe five and a half years into this business. Now, that doesn't mean that she wouldn't have done it sooner, just wasn't really on her radar at that point. But you are going to hear how she's able to look at the market and see what they're buying and then see if she wants to go ahead and create something similar to that product. And that's kind of what she's done here, but I'm going to let her explain all that. Now, here's the other thing I want to do here before we jump in. I have a little bit of an announcement here, all right? We decided, I say we, myself, Chris Schaefer, are going to be doing a live training, and this is kind of a little bit of a test that we're going to be doing. We are eventually going to turn this into a paid training, but what we decided to do is really dig deep into traffic and profits because we know a lot of you listening are either stuck in the, I don't want to launch a product yet because I might fail with that one product and I just want to get started. Well, you can get started even if you don't have a product and build out this this framework and this foundation and then eventually launch that product. Or in the meantime, you can be monetizing that traffic over the course of the time that you're building it. So there's something that we're we're doing and it's called Traffic and Profits and it's going to be a live training. May 29th and 30th, we are going to be showing up live. Now here's the other part of this. We are going to turn this into a paid training. 
All right. But what we're going to do is we're going to record it live with you. So if you show up live on the 29th and 30th, it's going to be as if you're coming into the class and you can sit in and listen and watch for free. All right. So we're doing that because we want to make sure that we can go out there and teach it. We want to make sure that it's what you want. It's what you need. If you have any questions, we can be doing that on the fly. But then when we do release this as a paid training, it will be out of beta in a sense. So that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to try it. We're going to test it. It's called traffic and profits. And this is something we're also looking at as being a micro training in a sense. And what I mean by that is it's something we're going to start to do a little bit more of where we go really, really deep into one part of the process. Now, you guys have heard me talk a lot about traffic lately and then how can we turn that traffic and and those eyeballs, that attention into potential customers or how can we monetize that traffic through ads or maybe through affiliate offers, and then maybe physical products. If this is sounding interesting to you and you want to attend, I've got a nice, easy link for you to go to, and you can register. It's TASclass.com. So if you go to TASclass.com, you can go there and register to attend this live training. All right? Now, this is going to be myself and Chris Schaefer going through exactly how we do this. All right? So if you want to attend, go to TASclass.com. You can get all the details there. All right? So I'm going to stop talking now so you can sit back, relax, and listen exactly how Alex has built Travel Fashion Girl to a seven-figure business and where she gets a million unique visitors to this blog every single month. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Well, hey, Alex, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How you doing? Feeling good, feeling good. Really excited about being here today, Scott. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. I just want, uh, number one, to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're running a pretty large business now, but it didn't start that way, and we're going to talk about that. But also just wanted to let people know, like you and I are both also in uh, Pat Flynn's uh, Accelerator Program, which is where we kind of met in person. And let me just say, like, I mean, we can go into it. I had David Young on and I mean, you're our SEO queen over there. And uh, so uh, we'll probably touch on that. But I just want to thank you for coming on. It's been awesome uh, getting to know you better. But I know that you're going to drop some value bombs here today. So if you guys are thinking about starting or growing your existing business, I don't care if it's just digital products or if it's uh, content or if it's physical products, you're going to want to stay tuned for this one. So Alex, now that I've kind of really put you up there, uh, <laughs> no pressure on my end. <laughs> there's no pressure at all. Uh, why don't you just tell people a little bit uh, about you, where you, where you come from and, and kind of a little bit of your backstory, but then we'll get really deep into kind of how you've built this empire really of, uh, you know, the travel, travel fashion girl. So, uh, go ahead take it away. Well, I'm from Los Angeles originally, and I went to the fashion Institute of design and merchandising. So I have a background in the fashion industry and I had a really, I got an awesome corporate job in my early twenties. They actually hired me when I was nine, I'm 20. They thought I was wow. older because I made my resume look really good. <laughs> um, and I had this job and, you know, I always had to tell people I loved my job. I didn't, I had nothing against my corporate job, but in 2008, you know, recession stuff happened. So they pushed me out of the position. I ended up leaving. And I had said, if I ever quit my job, my dream job here, I'm going to take three months off to travel. Mm -hmm. So those three months turned into, you know, now it's what, like over a decade later and wow. I'm still kind of traveling. Um, but 
halfway in the, or a couple years after I started, I was tired of dragging around a bunch of stuff I didn't need. And I tried to go online to look at, to look for resources for, for women or just for travelers in general on how to downsize their, their luggage, their bags. And I couldn't find anything. And the stuff that I did find seemed to be geared towards a male traveler where, you know, they were recommending that I take three quick dry teas, a couple of a convertible pants and three pairs of underwear I can flip inside out, you know, <laughs> That's not quite what I was looking for. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I set off and, you know, um, in 2011, I started talking to other girls in hostels and guest houses because I was a, a budget backpacker traveler. And I found out they were also having the same problems. They had packed all the wrong things. They, you know, they didn't have the information they needed. So I set off and interviewed for, for about a year. I researched and I interviewed all, all these girls on the road. And in August 2012, I launched Travel Fashion Girl where I showed people my the things that I learned about how to pack lighter. Mm. And I was it was started off just as me trying to downsize my own luggage and it ended up being well received instantly and has just kind of taken on a life of its own now. Mm, yeah, it really has. Uh I mean, what a million unique visitors per month. Uh I mean, insane. Uh, congratulations on that too. I know you just hit that and you were pretty stoked about that. That was pretty awesome. Thank you. It was a long time coming. I mean, people always ask me, you know, how long did it take you? And I mean, we, I was doing SEO since day one. So we actually grew really quickly at mm. 35,000 um, visitors in the first six months, mm. um, monthly visitors in the first six months. And, but, you know, inching to that million mark was such a big goal and mm. we finally made it. So it was very exciting. Yeah, no, it was, it, it it's very exciting and it, it proves that hard work pays off. You just got to stay at it. And I just want to let people know, like Alex, is someone that puts in the work like you are just I mean at our meetings uh you know she was just typing away and banging off notes for other people not even herself so so giving and, and so willing to share which I really really appreciate and um you're a wealth of information so guys like I said you definitely want to pay attention to this episode because uh we're probably gonna have to have you come back on because there's so much that we can unpack here I want to go back though in time a little bit okay because I know a lot of people are like, oh, it sounds like you just started backpacking. You're like, I see this need. I'm going to start a blog and then I'm going to, but where did the, where did the light bulb go on for you that there was a potential for you to get traffic and then monetize that traffic? Because you don't just wake up one day and go, oh, I'm going to blog and I know that I can get AdSense and then I can maybe get Mediavine and then maybe I can grow to AdThrive. Like how does that happen that you get this light bulb that you're like, I'm going to try to turn this into an income. In August of 2012, there really wasn't that information. So it wasn't, you know, there was no, um, you know, yeah, AdSense, but there wasn't really a lot of information on monetizing a blog and it really wasn't a thing. I mean, it's just been the past couple of years where companies or people are actually kind of taking bloggers more seriously. So when I went into it, I really started it for the sole reason of helping women avoid my mistakes. Mm -hmm. I just kind of, I had this feeling that I needed to do it that, you know, taking a step back, we'll go back a little further. I've always been someone that's always looked for opportunities mm -hmm. and not necessarily, um, I don't know whether I was six years old, mm. nine years old, 13, you know, I've always had my own businesses growing up and it's always been, well, Oh, 
that's popular. Nobody's selling that. I'm going to sell it. And with um, Trouble Fashion Girl, there was like there was nothing online mm. that had this information. Mm. Even now, you know, there's still not a lot of resources. So there wasn't information on what to pack, and there wasn't information for uh, for women and topics that were relevant to things that I wanted to um, I wanted to know. And it was a long it was a long term traveler, so I wanted things that were practical, not just frivolous and pretty and fashiony. I wanted things that were practical. They were going to be long lasting, but I also wanted to feel like a girl. Hmm. Um, so first I saw the opportunity and where there's an opportunity, I think naturally that's always a good basis for a business, mm -hmm. but I, I have to be very honest. And I didn't start it with the intention of making it a business. I kind of thought, well, if I could make a couple hundred dollars a week to maintain my budget travels, you know, cool. That would be, um, that would be wonderful. And, you know, I actually early on started making money because the website grew so quickly and sponsored posts, mm. you know, to gain link juice were a big way to earn money back then. It was really easy. So early on, there was an opportunity to monetize. Mm. So that was exciting, but it wasn't, that's not, I'm in it for the long game mm. and the sponsored posts back then. And even now that's not a way that's not a viable business model. So within the first six months so six months into it, my mentor at the time who really just took me under his wing because he saw, he saw that I had an opportunity and he wanted to help me, didn't charge me. He just wanted to help me grow. And he started showing me there was the potential, um, the monetize of ways that I could monetize the the website. And one particular way was affiliates. Mm. And um, it, it became very organic because I was talking about products and I wasn't linking to them. And the people were emailing me just saying, Hey, where can I get this? Why can't you put a link? They were even angry with me. So I was almost <laughs> doing them a disservice by not linking to things. Wow. And little did I know by helping them, it would also help me um, established what is a now crucial element of my business. Mm. Uh, one thing I, I want to highlight here, or actually I want to bring to the surface, which you shared with us, and I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't mind, but if you do mind, don't share it. But what was the little side business you had that you were selling stuff out of your trunk? Let's talk about that for a second, because that's a great <laughs> that's a great story, because it just goes to show you that you had that entrepreneurial like instinct even back then. Right. And, you know, I think that you, you just see opportunity, but you don't just see it. You act on it. Right. Well, yes, I am. I actually got in trouble with the dean in my high school. I went to an all girls um, Catholic high school in, um, in Los Angeles, and I got in trouble with the dean because she caught me selling clothes out of the trunk of my car one day after school. And she had the audacity to come up to me and accuse me. Uh, well, one, I got in trouble. And two, she said, you know, where do you get the clothes anyway? Do you steal them? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I, how, what, how, how and yeah, why? Yeah. And you know, I explained to her, I'm like, this is a private school. There's, there's a lot of disposable income here. So I go to the wholesale district, buy clothing wholesale and resell it here. I'm like making $300 like in half an hour. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, why wouldn't I? I absolutely I, but, love know. that. That is so awesome. So yeah, so, so you were- My message, you know, Mrs. Medina, look at me now. Yes, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that story when you shared it. I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what Alex did because that's what she would do. Like you've seen an opportunity there. You're like, there's a, a lot of disposable income. These girls will spend, mommy and daddy will pay for it. And I'll just bring it over and sell it out of the back of my my trunk. That That's awesome. Um, okay, so- you, you didn't start this thing necessarily to make money, maybe a few hundred bucks to support your travels a little bit, right? Your backpacking and stuff. When did the light bulb go off that you were like, 
this could turn into something pretty large, like something that could be more than that. That could be my full-time gig. When does that light bulb go off? A year into it, um, we were, again, we were carrying on traveling. And one of the ways that I was, I was traveling for four years or so full-time before I started my blog, before I started the website. And the way I would make money is I'd go back home and I'd work seasonal jobs as a promotional tour manager. And um, so in early 2013, I went back home and worked another one of these gigs. And right that summer, I was offered a, a big gig, a really cool opportunity. And I turned it down. And I turned it down because I thought, you know what? I want to give this blog a shot. What if I, what if I do what I hear some people are, you know, I've started hearing about people making money online, mm-hmm. travel blogging and doing stuff like that. And I thought, what if I give it, what if I make it my full-time job? If I'm putting in 40 hours a week or, you know, putting in that dedication, treating it as a job, could it work? Mm. So that was, it was within, you know, a year later and it started kind of, I thought I'd try it. Mm-hmm. And what was the worst that could happen? I, you know, go back home and get another job and then go traveling again. Right. So right. that's kind of how it, it started. And it carried on like that, um, for, I don't know how long it just happened so quickly. Mm. I, I honestly, for the first two years, Scott, I felt like I was, you know, just drowning. Mm. I just, it was, it, it grew so quickly. It was hard to keep up. Wow. And I think it just grew faster than I even knew it became a business before I even realized it. Um, and although I was an entrepreneur, I think I naturally, you know, ended up turning into business because I was an entrepreneur, sure. but it just was always growth, 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 growth. We've, we've, pretty much almost doubled in growth every year since we started. It's, that's, it's incredible. Uh, so, okay. So what, what does it look like when you're, when you're building this thing out, what's it look like for you on like a daily, weekly basis? Like, are you like, okay, now it's content. Now I need to get on a schedule. I need to start producing these. I start to do maybe long tail keyword research. Like when does that stuff like start becoming like part of your regular, you know, routine? So I was working like 20 hours a day since I started. <laughs> I don't think I slept for the first two months since they, after I started the blog. <laughs> I think literally, I know it's like, I mean, I'll always tell people, I know it just looks like there's a post on the, on the website, but I was publishing five to seven articles a week wow. because in theory, especially back then with SEO, if you're doing um, one keyword per blog post, which mm-hmm. was, you know, dated, you know, dated best practices. But if you have one keyword per blog post, the more blog posts you have, the more keywords you have, the the more traffic. Right. And the more traffic, well, the more potential for revenue as well. Um, naturally with, with affiliates, I didn't do AdSense back then. Mm -hmm. Um, just, it was strictly with just with affiliates, um, and also to garner, um, brand interest. So then I started looking, well, what content I should have paying attention to the content that was really, that people wanted, mm. but also what was the content that was more that had more revenue opportunities as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it really took a couple of years for this, for this to become a very a strategic everyday plan. But now we are incredibly strategic. Everything that we do, we look at it from, we analyze data, we analyze our, our topics, we analyze our numbers, crunching anything from SEO to keywords, to data, our Amazon data, associates data, um, affiliate data to determine what opportunities there are. Mm-hmm. Back then, I always, back then I, I always prioritized 
the topics that I wanted to talk about. I did what I called reverse SEO and I got criticized for it because people said, you know, that's wrong. You should be writing for Google. And I said, no, I'm writing for my, my readers. And then I would write the article that I wanted based Mm -hmm. on the topics that I wanted. And then I choose a a related keyword for it. So I was always writing for people. Mm. And even though that was, that was weird back then. Well, now it's best practice. And, you know, now, um, currently that is SEO best practice is writing for people and Mm. finding a keyword that works for that and, or many keywords. Mm -hmm. So throughout that, I think that's how it's the paying attention to what people wanted. Not, um, at first I wasn't looking at the data at first. It was just listening, Mm. just listening to the readers, listening to the audience, listening to the conversations. Mm. That's where a lot of the, 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 the ideas for, the blog posts and consequently products also started is listening to what they wanted. Mm. People, if they, people keep asking for the same thing, I'm going to write an article about that. And that article became big and then we can monetize it and um, then spin off more content based on the same topic. Mm. It's yeah. very organic. Yeah, yeah. And again, I mean, I think it's a lot of consistency. I think you showed up. I think that's key. Not every post was going to hit, right? But you knew that, you know, it's kind of like you're just, you're going to put the stuff out there and, and you're going to help and serve the market that you're trying to help and serve. I think that's what it comes down to. And you did a really good job. Now that doesn't mean that you're not looking at the data and going, well, that post did good a year and a half ago. Maybe we should do an update on that and maybe bring some more attention, you know, and that stuff's, uh, you know, I think that's basic knowledge, but also it's, being strategic about that stuff. And as you, as you went forward, let's move into, and because I talk a lot about building number one, like traffic, but then also your email list. I also talk about looking at the data and then seeing if there's an opportunity to create a, a a private label product or a physical product, which you've since done. I want to hear a little bit about that, but let's start with the email list. How important is it now and do you feel it is in the future to have communications with people on an email list? A hundred percent. I mean, I wish I would have started my email list sooner. And I think in the beginning, it's really easy to overcomplicate it. Oh, Mm -hmm. what, what will I say? What do they want to hear? You know, and now it's more about building that relationship. Mm -hmm. And if I would have just realized that, that was the key ingredient just to, just to, like you said, just to show up mm. and just to build that relationship with them because it doesn't really matter. You know, what you have is what necessarily what you, you might be selling, mm. but also when you've taken the time to build a relationship with them, um, share information again, that's valuable, maybe um, be vulnerable, share your yeah. own stories, build, you know, then in the email that if I would have just done that from the very beginning, then that would have been so powerful. Mm. The day that I decided to start doing that, it's been then since I've been able to really gar- like create these relationships with my audience much, uh, much deeper. So when it comes to business, there's always, I know that's where I have the lo- like a loyal, like the raving fans. Sure. And if I were to publish something or share something, they will always respond. Mm. So that's it's it's now a, a bigger part of my business than it was in the beginning. But yeah, you have to you have to have your people. You know, there's you have to be able to contact them. Mm. Whether it's letting them know, hey, you know, I'm no longer in Facebook. Facebook shut me down. Follow me here, right. or or it's I have something new going on. Or mm. you know, if for me, it's pivoting my business. You know, I went from talking about packing. Now I'm selling products. So mm. continuing that conversation to where you're going. And that's how I'm seeing my mail, my email list right now. It's the people that will go with, will grow with me and mm. go with me as I grow myself. Mm. 
No, I, I and I, I love that. I, I hear a lot of people, and we've been hearing it for years, but it's still emails dead. No one's opening their emails. I mean, I disagree. I know you disagree because you have, you know, you have people that open your emails. Uh, you know, does that mean that you you don't go on Facebook and communicate? No, you use that too. But to me, the email list is is still to me a core communication channel um, because, like you said, I, I had that happen just recently. My podcast got de-indexed. And I had to let people know, like, hey, the episode's not going to publish. Here's why. But I was able to get that message out. I know Pat had the same thing happen to him. He had something happen to his website that it went down. And he was able to communicate with his email list and let them know that, hey, my my uh, you know my site went down or my server, whatever, you know, go to the YouTube channel and I'll have a, a reason why or I'll keep you updated or whatever. I think it's so important, you know, of that. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter if... 10% read it, 20, 30. It's not about, you know, 100% of people, but it's being able to reach the people that are your fans, the people that really care about what you have to say, they're going to open it up. Mm. And if that, that that group of people open it up, they're going to be the ones that will share it. They're mm. going to be the ones going to spread your message. Mm. So you have to keep that relationship with them. Mm. And if you're just depending, you know, really have to own it. And I think you had mentioned previously about, is the blog dead? Well, I don't think so. Mm. I definitely have to say I'm one of the most successful, <laughs> so. successful travel bloggers out there. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, it's not, and that's because it's something that I own, mm. you know, Instagram can Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, mm. everything, else is it's not something that i own you know every day i worry you know my group right i have my group in facebook mm. i'd like to move them but it's also convenient for them they don't want to be moved but what if one day facebook says yeah groups are gone yep my entire community is gone yep. but on the blog on your email you mm. own that you have mm. control over what goes on there forget the algorithms that's right. your space yep yep no i love it um now let's talk about you're able to then because you were doing affiliate marketing. Now, was was affiliate marketing for you in the beginning, was it strictly like Amazon? Did, did you start with Amazon as an associate, you know, for them and starting to, to kind of, you know, get the, I guess, get the product sales through that? For my own products or as a blog? A, as a blog. Like where, where were you starting to get, because you, you mentioned that you started to look at affiliate sales, um, you know, from monetization standpoint. Um, was Amazon one of the first that you started to drop links in for that when you were, you know, referring a product? It wasn't in the beginning. There were other smaller um, networks. I don't okay. know if you want me to mention them, but they, um, when I found Amazon, ugh, Amazon just destroyed everything else. Mm. And that was one of the first little, you know, the strategic moves I made was to stop using the affiliate networks that did, that weren't actually giving me commission mm. than, um, and actually going to the ones that were mm. plus people like Amazon, they trust Amazon, they yeah. shop on Amazon. And as an Amazon associate, if someone buys my recommendation or not, I can still earn, have the opportunity to earn commission, not just on that product they buy, but on everything in that shopping cart. Right. So I quickly saw how lucrative that opportunity was, mm. you know, from even without physical products, just from my blog, because getting to see what people were buying, I knew one, were there products that they were buying that I wasn't talking about? Mm. So it was, it was a really in, interesting insight into the readers. Mm. So I was able then to buy the products and then test them out myself and go like, oh, wow, this is a good product. Why mm -hmm. am I not featuring it? And then I can write a review about it or then I can include it in the product set um, to begin with. But, mm. but yeah, Amazon's massive. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, it's awesome. <laughs> and I was kind of leading into, so you have this intelligence now 
by looking at seeing what people are buying, what people, you know, are interested in by you looking at the numbers. And even though the numbers, you know, to some people is like, well, depending on how many you're selling four to eight percent ish, you know, somewhere in that range. Okay. But, you know, I mean, you shared, I'm not going to share it here, but you shared a huge number and you were thinking about like, maybe I should start selling those. Like you're talking a six figure number and you're like, you know, I don't know. And, you know, we had some, you know, some thoughts on that, but you got your idea for your physical product by looking at your data and then saying like, maybe I should create my own. And I've talked a lot about that in the past of being able to have that at your disposal. You have, you've done it, you executed it. And now you have another extension of your business in the physical product world. I want to talk about that. And we want to talk about the Facebook live that you did, which is insane. So yeah, let's, let's start with the, you know, looking at the data and then deciding that like you wanted to kind of go for it. So the data is really interesting. And what we do is for the, for the, what we were doing with a lot of our higher traffic articles, we were using unique tracking IDs. So we were, we started tracking those IDs and we would see then what people were purchasing on that one blog post. Mm. So on that one blog post, we could then optimize as an affiliate for the stuff that people were buying on the website. But then when we are starting to think about the physical products, well, we were also able to see, wow, we're selling a lot of this one product. Why Mm. are we selling our own? Mm. And Despite the fact, and this was this is one of the biggest um, lessons that I had, I learned as uh, starting with physical products, that people told me that the products that I wanted to launch were too competitive. Mm. They said that they were not right for Amazon and they would not work. So I tried to find partners, actually, um, people that were already selling on Amazon because I don't want to learn about manufacturing and, and do that, you know, go through, go through everything. I did it when I was, I did it once before and I already knew I didn't like manufacturing. Yeah. Um, but I looked, I tried to find someone, for example, like you to partner with, and I got turned down because the products mm. were not, Amazon, we're not correct for Amazon mm-hmm. per se, mm-hmm. but I'm really glad I didn't listen to, to those people, you know, and I just kept on going myself because I chose the products based on my data, mm-hmm. based on my own data, not, you know, an Amazon, um, third party app. Mm-hmm. It was something that I knew that was selling on my website. I could see the numbers. I knew how many were selling per day, per year, what colors. Um, and I knew which ones were being returned. So I knew that if these were, those may be high selling, but if there's big returns, not a good product. So I had really unique insight into everything. So that's how we decided to go with a couple of the, we have three products right now, but two of those products are based predominantly on data. Mm. Yeah. And again, it's for you like to have that insight and being able to say, all I really need to do now is on those blog posts is kind of like transfer out that product and make it my own. Now there's people also, and I've actually looked into this myself, just the opportunity wasn't there, but I thought about buying a blog that someone was just monetizing with AdSense or with, you know, an ad network making four or $5,000 a month. But I could look at the data and go, well, if I turn that into my own product, I can take 5,000, make it 15. That's a good deal. Um, and that's kind of what you've done with your own blog. And it's worked out pretty well for you. And it's in a competitive market which for you, you've got the base, right? You've got the reach, you've got the traffic, you've got all the signs that say you can do this because if, if all I'm going to do now is launch that on there, I have to use all the black hat strategies, gray hat strategies to try to drive sales and all this stuff. You don't have to do that. And I think if, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you really spend on pay-per-click either. I don't do any pay-per-click. <laughs> I don't really do any paid advertising at all. I hardly do any advertising at all, actually. 
just because I think you're your own worst salesperson. But the but we're we're doing well and the products are selling and without much effort on my end. And it's really now becoming passive income, mm. you know, true passive income where it's just kind of rolling and we're not, we're not, we aren't, we just kind of came to the conclusion that we are in a competitive space and could we try to game the system? We could, but do we want to? Mm. Uh, not really, especially because two of the products are so competitive. It's unreal. Mm. So the amount of money that we were going to spend to try to, to try to get to the top. And then um, we also have more, our products are more expensive than the products on Amazon. Mm. So it was kind of hard to try to get that, to try to get people to buy ours when they could buy somebody else's for mm. half the price. Mm. But why are ours more expensive? Well, they're premium. They actually have like, you know, I, I wanted to make sure the products I was selling were going to be as not as, if not better than the one I've been using, you know, as good or if not better. Mm -hmm. And in this case, I feel that like we, we did better and we went in. So it's kind of a premium product, product, not luxury, but premium product sure. and we're selling mm -hmm. and we are getting organic sales on Amazon. And, um, it's been nice that we could just do that. And now literally, like you said, we've got so much data that we can in just about any genre, mm -hmm. we can go and just flip a switch on mm -hmm. our post, and we're no longer selling a competitor. For example, we're right. not just selling our own. Right. So all that, all that, all of that, we were, we were collecting affiliate revenue for another brand. Well, now we're just collecting that revenue full for ourselves and that mm. brand's off the website. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I just want people to understand too, that if all you're doing is going to Amazon, looking at maybe Jungle Scout or the data, right? And you're going, oh, you know what? I'm just going to sell that product. It's got great numbers. There's someone like Alex right now that's selling that product that you're not going to be able to compete with directly just on Amazon. It's going to be outside of Amazon. That's going to be the long-term play. And if you're not building that, you're really at risk, I believe, um, because this is the way to do it. Sure, there was the gold rush two years ago that you could kind of do that. It's kind of over with. It's kind of like Google, right? You could game Google for a little while and then they catch on and then it becomes harder. Um, this is the long play. And I do believe that if you put in the work, you can get there and then you can launch those products. Let's talk about the Facebook Live uh, that blew up in a good way. And let's just kind of walk people through that because we talk, you know, a lot of people say, Scott, how do I launch my product? You launch it to an audience or to people that you've got to raise their hand that are interested in your product that are willing to buy because you know that they're interested. You, on the other hand, had a really warm audience because they know, like, and trust you already. Take us through what happened, what your plan was, and then kind of the results from that. Well, it took me three years to actually finally get um, the prototype and the manufacturer that I wanted for my product. And, but, you know, you've got funnels, you've got Kickstarter, you've got all these strategies that you have what you should do, what's the correct way to go about it. Mm. And I was just overwhelmed and I just got so tired of trying to figure out what's the right way to do it. And I just said, you know, what, screw it. I'm just going to just go up and sell it and see what happens mm. just to see, you know, will people buy it? So I um, sent out a, a new, an email blast. I think it was, I had like maybe 30,000 people at the time on my list, maybe okay. 25,000. Okay. I'd cleaned up. Um, and I just sent an email blast and said, Hey, next week I'm going to do a Facebook live. I have a big announcement. Tune in on that Facebook live. I announced my product and I pre-sold between that 60 minute Facebook live um, and three total emails. I barely even announced it on my blog, which of course is silly. Yeah, um, but again, you're your own worst salesperson. And I pre-sold $17,000 
for my first product on just with that minimal effort really. Mm. And that was all the confirmation I needed. Mm. I was able to, I knew that it was going to work and I was able to take the money and I didn't have to risk any money out of my pocket. Mm. And, um, you know, make that first order. So from that, we had a pre we pre-sold the product. We had the, now we had reviews, we had fans, mm-hmm. we had social media, we had a whole story behind, behind the brand. And then we took that story on to Amazon where people that didn't get a chance to buy the first round, we already had buyers ready to go as soon right. as we were on Amazon. Right, right. That, I mean, that is so awesome to be able to like send out a, a couple emails, you're going to go Facebook live and then you pre-sell 17,000 to basically help fund that. Let me ask you this, because a lot of people think like big numbers, like, oh, you got to have a huge amount. And I'm just curious, I've never asked you this question. And maybe you know the answer, maybe you don't. How many people were there live? Because a lot of people are like, well, I don't have many people. And like, I find it like later, it makes a difference. But like, so like, what what kind of numbers are we looking at? Are looking like thousands? Like how, how many people are there that are tuning in? Generally speaking, on an average Facebook live, I get about, let's say 50 on the spot live. Yep. Like we used to like the little number Yep. that time. I think it went up to 200 at, um, at a time. Mm-hmm. And then of course the impressions were in the thousands and sure. comments were hundreds, but live at a time, it was 200 on my Facebook. I think I had maybe 55,000, 60,000 fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that email, uh, when that got sent out, did you send one out saying I'm going live? And then you kind of let people know. So it's kind of like, like for us, like webinars or workshops or whatever that you do, you kind of give that little bit of a, we're going to be going live. Here's another reminder. We're going, did you let people know like that? Yes. I did one final reminder before I went. So I treat my Facebook lives very much like live webinars. Okay. Okay, cool. No, that's, that's awesome. And cause again, 200 people, a lot of people in a room, if you put 200 people in a room, it's a lot of people, but really on the grand scheme of things, people look at these, you know, sometimes vanity numbers like, Oh, you've got 200,000. I can't do that. You know, they're special, but guys, we're talking 200 people like, and I'm not saying that, I mean, there's more people that watched it after the fact, if there was 200 there, there was probably thousands after the fact, that's how Facebook works. That's why I always tell people show up live. I don't care if there's one or two people, you're going to get the after effect. Um, once it kind of has time to kind of work and people are starting to see it. You know, well, the thing with with the with Facebook Live, and one of the things that I do is I also create an event mm. because then Facebook notifies the people that have signed up. Or I, I ask them, you know, RSVP for the Facebook Live here mm. because then Facebook will notify them when your Facebook Live is coming up, mm. when you are live, and when it's when it's going on. So I think I, I did have more than two hundred people there at the time, but it doesn't matter because it just depends on what you're selling. Mm. I think people have sold with much smaller audiences or just like with a, mm-hmm. an email list of 500. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, I, sh- I probably with the numbers should have been able to go have more, mm-hmm. you know, if I would have had a proper funnel and plans mm-hmm. and huge right. sales thing, but I didn't. So I kind of feel like with me, it was more of the minimal effort. So imagine if you have a smaller audience, but you really implement a very strong strategy. Mm. Uh, so, okay. You get on the web, you get on the, I was going to call it a webinar. You get on the Facebook live, you get on the Facebook live. How does that go? Like what, what, Hey guys, Alex here, got a product for sale. You want to buy it pre-buy? Like what was your sales, your sales pitch in a sense, or your, your explanation as far as like what you're doing and like, 
kind of lead, lead me through that. I'm curious anyway. I mean, I just want to know this personally. I mean, everyone else can listen in, but I'm curious. I started, <laughs> I think I did kind of, um, I had recently been to a conference in London and heard, um, I heard about someone speak about sales. And so I, I decided to formulate my, my, um, Facebook live based on his formula, which is essentially start with a story, mm-hmm. um, kind of have a, like a pain point or something where you're resonating with your audience and then move into, um, the why, the how, the pitch and, mm-hmm. you know, close it and whatnot. And that's exactly how I started my Facebook live. And, um, and it started with a genuine story mm-hmm. and just went right in. And with my Facebook lives, that's always what I do. I knew Charlene Johnson. I, um, one of her, fa- I use her Facebook live strategies, mm-hmm. which is just go on and start. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't stop in my web, my, in my webinar, <laughs> in my Facebook live. I do treat it as a webinar. So I go on, I'm going to be revealing today something I haven't shared with anybody else. Make sure to stay through the end because you're going to find this out and, mm-hmm. you know, just go, I dive right in. Mm-hmm. I don't really take questions. Um, I kind of, because what I, one of the things I do with Facebook live is that I actually also save it so that I can repurpose it for YouTube. Mm-hmm. And man, I haven't talked, told you about that strategy actually. Oh, we got good stuff here, guys. <laughs> I'm learning too. <laughs> But I'm actually shocked. I was repurposing. I would take, I usually do a 30 to 60 minute Facebook live mm-hmm. and I had hired a video editor to bring it down to a YouTube friendly YouTube best practice time, mm-hmm. you know, between five to 15 minutes tops. Okay. Well, I decided just, you know, I knew that was one topic that was particularly good. And I said, you know what, let's not cut anything. Let's leave it at 30 minutes, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's been my, it's, it's had massive views. Really? I've gotten so many followers from it there because it was a big topic, 30 minutes. People sat there for the, for the YouTube video. You're mm. not supposed to have a YouTube video that long, no. that long. No. And it worked. So that's something I didn't realize for the Facebook lives. Mm. I didn't have to actually overthink it. I could literally just throw my logo in the beginning of the end, throw them straight onto YouTube pract- um, practically. Wow. And they're good to go because what, again, it's the why. Why are you doing something? Well, on YouTube, I'm giving my audience a different way to digest my information. Mm-hmm. The Instagram audience, Facebook, and YouTube, they're all very different. Mm. They're not talking to the same person. So someone that's not on Facebook, they're, they want to, they want to, maybe they want to watch a video, but they want to watch it on YouTube. Mm. It's also um, an age demographic as well. So my, you know, younger, like my audience under 35 is on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I have to be able to from have the same Facebook live. I then repurpose it in the different channels as well. Mm. But yeah, sorry. That was just like a random thing that happened recently where I published one of the most popular Facebook lives and did it publish the whole thing without editing. And it just did massive on youtube that's fantastic did you push any traffic over to the youtube or did you just post yeah. it and let it go well one of the best practices i did here was that you have to to share it on your newsletter or facebook okay. channel or whatever within the first 24 hours to give it a boost mm-hmm. so then we did we started doing that and that's been really helpful as well actually wow that is that's awesome yeah i mean you're repurposing something that's already there and i think that's also so do you are you are you uh, thinking about that while you're doing your Facebook Live now that you're not going to be like, hey, you know, give me a like on Facebook or this, or do you just kind of keep it tight and clean without making those remar- remarks, or do you kind of service both both platforms? I just say, give me a like or leave me a comment below because okay. that works for Facebook or for YouTube. Oh, there you go. Okay, good. So good, good. I try to keep it um, as. And to be honest with you, again, I'm not really on YouTube to try to find new people. Mm-hmm. I'm again just giving my existing audience may not be on Facebook or may not even know, you know, sure. sometimes you think, and that's another thing with the email list, one email blast, one Facebook live or two people are there. You might have a, like more people that want to hear what you have to say. 
but they may have missed it because mm. Facebook didn't show them, you know, there's a million things going on in your newsfeed on Instagram on wherever oh, yeah. in your day. So giving to showing someone something just once mm. isn't enough. If you mm. put it everywhere, then they might catch it in a different place. So Yes, I'm really happy. But again, I go, I do a Facebook live without stopping. Like if it's a webinar, I, and um, I treat it as such. So mm -hmm. I go in, um, and also everything's very general. Mm -hmm. And if there's any questions in the comments, I won't say anything about that. I'll just find it. I'll, I'll look at it, and then I'll answer the question naturally as if it's part of my webinar, essentially. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, that's smart. That's awesome. All right, let's wrap this up. I want you to help someone right now that's thinking to themselves, man, she's just miles ahead of me, like light years ahead of me. I could never get started. Like wh what would you recommend to someone that you met at a coffee shop? You guys hit it off. You're having a conversation and they're like, how do I do what you do? Like, how do I get traffic? How do I, like, what, what do I do? Like what's, what's first steps? I think it's so much easier now because there's so many, so much information on how to do it. Mm. If I would start, if I would start the business now with all the information, courses, and resources there are online, and I was approaching it from a business standpoint with with uh, with very clear, the very clear monetary objective from day one, I'd be able to get to where I am much faster. Mm. And you know, I'll, don't my personal the personal thing that I feel has really helped me get through, whether it's been physical products or the blog is to listen to what people are not, um, to listen to advice mm. and to listen to best practices, but ultimately do what's right for you. Yes. You should be on our social media platforms, but do you actually have to be there having a presence, having just, you know, your brand versus having spreading yourself thin across all of them. You don't have to, mm. it's 80, 20. Where am I going to get the most impact for me making that decision? When I decided to focus like that, it's made all the difference in the world is being very strategic. It's all about strategy. Mm. And one of the things that all people always say is read the book traction because it really just helps you think about things when you're starting out, it makes it more digestible because you have so many ideas, you want to accomplish so much. And instead of running around like a headless chicken, like I did the first couple of years, <laughs> you could go, in, you can go into it, you know, retraction, get your goals in order. Mm. We know, um, read Scott's, um, website, you know, look at his information, his course, his, his books, his everything. And then, then taking those things and implement, implementing them in a very strategic way, you're going to be able to fast forward your way there, but also you have to be realistic. Hmm. Everybody thinks just because you're doing something online, there's, and then people are making money off of it. It's supposed to be easy, but in reality, if you're expecting someone to give you money, if you're supposed to expecting to make a living off of doing something online, then hello, it's a job. Yep. So it doesn't mean it's just going to magically happen overnight. Mm. You know, traditionally, in traditional business, businesses take three years before they even break a profit. Mm, and people give up in six months if their business yeah. doesn't profit. Yeah. When that's not reality. However, with an online business, you have the opportunity where you can actually succeed much faster because you don't have as much overhead. Mm. So don't give up and also be realistic about what you actually want to do. This is a job because it's not a free ride. Mm. So if you're looking for a free ride, then you're looking, you know, get a, get an, you know, buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> <laughs> or go get a nine to five. You can always, or go, you, go get a nine to five. You can yeah, always exactly. do that. And, and I think you would agree too, right? It's like, it is work. Uh, it does take time. It does take, you know, and I don't even like to call them failures, just like more things that you do that don't necessarily turn out the way that they were supposed to. And then you just learn from those, right? 
but it's it's constantly getting up, dusting off and going and asking the right questions, but also understanding that, and you've heard this, I know, it's like, you know, us entrepreneurs, we work 80 hours a week, so we don't have to work 40 for someone else. And it's so true, right? Um, but it is the freedom of being able to say, yeah, I'm going to work late at night so I can go watch my kid's baseball game or whatever, right? Like those are the choices that you can do because online is is always. So we can do that work at night. We don't have to do it at a certain time. Um, so I, exactly. I really, I, I really, I, I did actually read that book too, Traction. It's a good book. Um, I'll link everything up in the show notes. It's a good book. Um, but yeah, so again, guys, I just wanted to invite Alex on because I think she's a huge inspiration to, to all of us that are out there looking to create a lifestyle business. She's truly created a lifestyle business that allows her and her husband to, which we haven't even talked about Harry. We're going to have to talk about him on the next episode. We're going to get him on next time. And we're going to talk about numbers and, and stuff and, and, uh, and, and really about how to, uh, to probably leverage because I, I think that's what you said. Like he's really good at like that side of the business. Like actually, what what is Harry good at in the business? Like what is his expertise? His expertise is being logical. Mm, that's a big <laughs> one, though. He's being practical. I think um, we've kind of come to the conclusion that I'm um, that he's sort of the operations, like COO, yep, operations yep. guy, and I'm sort of the bigger picture and like, we're going to do this and this is going to be great. And he's like, okay, well, how are we actually going to accomplish that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we all need a Harry because, uh, let me tell you something. The, 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 the funny joke here is that myself and Chris Schaefer, who's a partner of mine, we like to run through walls and then say, can you guys clean that up? Cause uh, we're not really quite sure how to fix that, but we just ran through a wall to get it done. Um, we, we are, we have the vision, we have the ideas and we do need people that go, wait a minute, let, that's great, but let's do this. Cause this is where we're supposed to be headed and let's figure out how we're going to get there. Um, but yeah, we're definitely gonna have to have Harry on for sure. Um, and, uh, I want to hear, I want to hear his take on a lot of this as well. I know you guys met backpacking, correct? We met in 2010 when we were traveling. Um, and that's, yeah, that's been a part of the business and that's actually been, that was my original why to try to find an online business. So I didn't have to worry about my U S passport. Um, working illegally in the UK, yeah. so we can work anywhere in the world. Because <laughs> he's from England, so we can't work in the same. Well, until we're married, we can work in the same country. So that's so. That was funny. a big part of the why as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, hey, Alex, I want to thank you so much for coming on. We are definitely going to have you back on if you are willing, because uh, you just have so much knowledge, so much information, and so much spark. I love the spark that that you have, Alex, and that you, I mean, everyone that you seem to be around, you kind of give them that energy. And uh, I think that's important uh, because the people that you hang around with are a lot of times the people that you are going to kind of be like. And I think it's a huge part of that. And I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm honored and thankful that we were able to, to get to know each other a little bit uh, more over the past uh, year. And, uh, and I know that we'll be connecting in the future. So thank you so much. If anyone wants to learn more about you and what you're up to, how would they do that? They can find out about me, my website on travelfashiongirl.com. Also, we're Travel Fashion Girl on all the social channels. So look forward to um, seeing you guys following me. <laughs> yeah, no, that I, I'm telling you what, follow Alex just just to see how awesome it is to travel because you're always traveling. That's to Travel Fashion Girl. Get it? So <laughs> Alex, thank you so much. Tell Harry I said hello and we're going to get him back on or back on we're going to get you back on with Harry the next time so that way there we can we can hear also how you guys work together because a lot of people want to know how do spouses work together and I've done that myself for and it's sometimes challenging but you can do it for sure so Alex thank you so much I appreciate you and um, have an awesome day
Thank you, Scott. Love being on here. Thanks again for having me. And I can't wait to be back. All right. Well, I think Alex needs to drop the mic on that episode because she dropped some value bombs like crazy. And you guys might need to go back and listen to that one again. The one thing I want you to take away from this, one big thing, is traffic to me and to you should be king. Like content is king, but traffic, traffic comes from content. But the thing is, is if you get that traffic, you can start to monetize that traffic almost immediately without you even having to sell anything. We've done this in our physical products brand now. We've done it from day one where we started building out content, getting traffic, and now we're generating anywhere between $2,700 and $3,000 without selling a physical product. Now, yes, we're selling physical products as well. We're also doing affiliate offers and we're doing a digital item on there. So we're doing all of that in that physical brand, which I think everyone should do is diversify but you can see it comes from traffic. So if you're starting a business and you're like, ah, I don't want to get started because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to throw $5,000 down on a product to source and just sell it on Amazon and not have any way to drive sales. Well, then do this. Start with traffic. It does come down to figuring out your market, which you probably have already done. And if you haven't, you need to do that. But figure out that market, niche it down, and then start publishing, start creating content, start building the email list. And that's exactly what. Alex has done here and she's built this massive empire and she didn't start monetizing it with her own physical products until five and a half years later. Now she could have did it sooner, but she had other things happening. She was building out all of the other traffic sources and the you know affiliate offers and sponsorships and she's done a whole bunch of stuff with that. So just understand that if you get attention in your market and that means traffic, you can turn that into profits. And yes, it requires some work, but that is work that is going to pay you over and over and over again. So it's worth the time. And once again, as I said in the beginning, if you didn't hear it, we are going to be doing something very, very unique. And that is we are going to be teaching traffic and profits. And that is exactly what we just talked about in this interview. It's going to lend itself very well to that because I know a lot of people want to get traffic They don't know how, they want to see how it's all built out, what are the steps, what do I need to do now, what do I need to do in the future, and then how do I turn that into money, even if I don't have a product, or how do I take that traffic and then guide those people to buy a product, or give them different options to really support the brand, okay, and so that's what we're going to be doing, we're going to be doing a live training, now this is not a 60 minute workshop, this is something we're going to be getting on for two or three hours, we haven't even decided yet, per day, it's going to be a live training where if you show up live, you can sit in on it for free, which is actually going to be eventually turned into a paid training. So this is something that will sell for between $297 to $497. It's what we're calling also a micro training. And this one here, this first one that we're doing is called Traffic and Profit. So if you want to be a part of that, if you want to attend that live, head over to TASclass.com. Again, that's TASclass.com and go register for that. Now, if you're listening to this after the fact, after it's all done, still go to that link and you'll have all of the updates or any upcoming classes that we're doing will be will be there. All right, so with that all being said, definitely go check out Alex. She's awesome. Uh, I mean, just follow the blog. Look and see what she's doing. And also, if you're traveling, definitely see what she says to do because she's been doing it for years. And if you're a woman and you're listening to this, 
definitely listen and watch what she's doing because uh, she's brilliant. All right, and uh, the episode here is theamazingseller.com forward slash 671 for the show notes, transcripts, and all that stuff. Man, I am just so fired up. You can tell I'm almost out of breath here. I'm so fired up because this one here gets me excited because if you have the power of your own traffic, man, you can do so, so much. All right, guys, so that's it. That's going to wrap it up. As always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Say it with some energy today. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.